Hello, this is Lorenzo Della Foresta, and I'm the lead pastor at River's Edge. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Today is the continuation of a spiritual conversation that has been taking place between you and Jesus. I'm certain that you'll be blessed by His Word, and I believe that God has great things in store for you because you already belong. Enjoy the message. Hey everyone, it's so good to have you with us. We're so glad that you could be a part of our gathering. As we find ourselves um, in our Christmas season, we are in this series called Let There Be Joy. And we're learning about how we can maintain a lifestyle of joy through the Christmas story. There's so many things that we learn from the scriptures and sometimes the insights that we receive are beyond the season of life that we're in. It helps us to know these things for every season, for every season that we're not only in and passing through, but also the ones that we have yet to face. I know that as the year draws to a close, many of us are feeling tired, maybe even excited about what the new year will bring. Maybe we're ending on a high note, maybe we're not. Whatever the feelings are and whatever the circumstances may be, I know many of us in this room can often struggle with maintaining a lifestyle of joy that the scriptures describe. I know that last week we talked about the difference between happiness, which is temporal, and and joy, which comes from the presence of God. We know that the presence of God is what brings joy. Being in relationship with Jesus is what maintains joy in our life, regardless of our circumstances. And so when we find ourselves in a place where we are often slipping into sadness and possibly worse into moments of deep depression, it is important for us that our followers of Jesus, if we're in that place in our lives right now where we identify this to be our reality, that we have made a decision to follow Jesus and to have him a part of every aspect of our lives. It's important for us to check in to see where am I in my relationship with God? Where am I in my relationship with Jesus? And where is it that I'm allowing fear to overtake my faith? And when we make that distinction, we can then begin to isolate the instance that is affecting us and robbing us of the joy that God wants us to have. Now, I know that many of us would choose to live with favor and not choose a life that is filled with fear. I know that. And so I'm gonna ask the question anyways, would you rather live with fear or with favor? And I think the answer is favor. I wanna live with favor. I think all of us here are saying, I want favor. I want favor over fear every moment of every day. The problem is, is that we sometimes unintentionally are choosing fear. And we are also unintentionally living a life of fear, not understanding that we are instead to live a life of favor, a favor that God has already put on you, a favor that he's already given you. 
It's not something you have to chase after. It's not something that you have to earn. It's not something that you have to beg for. It's not something that you have to wonder if you've been excluded from. It is a favor that God has already given you because you are his son and daughter. Because he is your heavenly father, you have his favor. Now, the problem with that is that when we look at the scriptures, we can sometimes become confused about what favor looks like. We can assume that maybe favor means that we will never have suffering. But if we look at the life of Jesus, we can see that you can be chosen and also suffer. You can see that in the life of Jesus, you can go through hardships, rejection, abandonment. You can go through great moments of sadness and what I would term as extreme loneliness and yet still never lose the favor of God. And so if you were to look at your circumstances today and say, I don't think God is with me, then you are then saying that God wasn't with Jesus. And I think most of us in this room would say, no, I believe that God was with Jesus. So if you believe that God can be with Jesus, then you must believe that he is also with you. That that favor isn't just on the son of God, it is on his sons and daughters who through the spirit of adoption have been brought into a family, a lineage that we had no right to, but yet have been grafted in and brought into a relationship with God that we would otherwise have been excluded from. And so what we've discovered in the story of Christmas is that there is an account that is sometimes a little different in the gospels as we find them. In fact, Matthew is emphasizing one type of lineage and, and, and Luke is emphasizing another. And, and I don't want you to be confused about this and I want you to see that there is a reason for this. But before we get into that reason, I want us to look at the story that we're in. And it's a story in which Mary is being challenged to maintain her joy, even though her life is being disrupted with what is supposed to be the greatest news ever given. And in Luke chapter one, verse 26, it says that in the sixth month, of Elizabeth's pregnancy that God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, which was a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary, and she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, and he was a descendant of King David. And the Bible says that Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Now, upon hearing this, we see that Mary's reaction is not what you would expect. It's, it's the opposite of what you would think when someone tells you that you are favored and that God is with you. She looks at this and says, confused and disturbed. And Mary tried to think what the angel could possibly mean. And so the angel then has to come and calm her and says these words, don't be afraid, Mary, because the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. Not only does he say that she is favored, but that she has also has this favor right now. You will conceive and you will give birth to a son and you will name him 
Jesus, and he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor, David, and he will reign over Israel forever and his kingdom will never end. And then Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? Because I am a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you so that the baby will be born, will be holy, and he will be called the son of God. And what's more, your relative Elizabeth has also become pregnant in her old age. And people used to say that she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. And Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything that you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Can we say amen to the reading of his word? There's so many beautiful moments in this story and we're gonna unpack them together. And I want us to just think about what it's like for us to sometimes watch movies. I think a lot of us in this room watch movies and we watch them often. I think that we are um, probably subscribed to one or more platforms or maybe we just bypass the whole subscription thing and we just do the wherever we can find them on the internet thing. We're not even gonna talk about that, but we're just gonna say that because I know we do that. Um, and, and there are moments, I think, where all of us, you know, are willing to watch something um, that we think, you know, is going to entertain us. And we have a preference in how we do that. A lot of people love to go and watch them in how they were intended, which is in a movie theater. And then there are others who just don't care so much about the movie theater experience. They just prefer to be in the comfort of their home, even if it's watching it on their phone, which you cannot get a smaller screen for them that is preferable than going into a movie theater. And then there are those who will not want to watch a movie unless the subtitles are on. Does anybody know anyone like that? Where the subtitles have to be on, right? And my wife is like that. And, and when we go to the movie theater, the first thing that she'll always say is, darn it, I wish there were subtitles. <laughs> All the time, every single time. We just like sit there as a family and we wait for her to say this because we know it's coming. And then the reason she loves the subtitles is because she doesn't want to miss a single word. And, and, if, and, if, and if there's wind rustling, she wants to read that the wind is rustling. <laughs> it is super important to her. And, and I think that a lot of us are kind of like that. Like just, 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 you know, I like to watch it without any distraction on the screen, take away the subtitles. Others, we want to know what's going on no matter what, even if it was written by the writer itself and it somehow appears on the screen, there's information there um, that I would otherwise not know because the subtitles, the subtitles, or the bomb. They're telling me everything that I need to know. Well, why am I saying all this? Because genealogies are kind of like that. You know, I, I, could, I could read you the story of Christmas and then we could kind of like glaze over the genealogy. Like, who's excited by genealogies in the room? Anybody? 
I don't think there's a person here. I think besides that project, I was given an elementary school, which I think every elementary school kid has been given to discover their family tree. I don't think most of us have a lot of knowledge of our family or our ancestry, right? Before 23andMe and, and all these other uh, tests out there that kind of help you, like ancestry and stuff like that, I'm not promoting any of them and I'm not sponsored by them. I just want to make that clear. That, that those, those things were at some point important to know, but they were very important, especially when it came down to knowing how far removed you were from the throne. Now, Jesus was removed from the throne, and we know that he was in line for the throne. And we don't always understand how. Now, we can understand that it's through his father, but there's a problem with this. If, if, if Joseph is how he is connected to the throne, he, Joseph isn't actually his biological father. So you kind of look at that and you say, if he's not his biological father, then how is the promise being fulfilled in Jesus? And then you discover that the scriptures actually teach that you can give your inheritance to a firstborn that is not even your child. In fact, Abraham was ready to do this with his head servant, and make sure that he would inherit everything. And so there was scriptural basis for an adopted son to receive the inheritance in the same way that Joseph can claim Jesus as his son and pass that inheritance down to him. But then we discover something in the Gospel of Luke, which a lot of us may not know this, but that there is actually a physical link to the lineage of Jesus to the throne through his mother Mary. See, what Luke does is that he shows us that Jesus is a direct descendant of the throne through Mary, whose father Eli was in succession to the throne. And so now we understand how the house of David and the lineage of David come together in the prophecy that is fulfilled. That Jesus isn't just derived the right to be king through Joseph, but he is also given that right through Mary. Can we say amen? Isn't that amazing? Now, what's really cool about that is that most of us didn't even know that it happened through Mary as well. And the reason we don't do that is because who cares about the genealogies? <laughs> and we miss it. See, there isn't a word in the scriptures that is squandered. There isn't a moment in there that isn't important. I want you to imagine that when the angel is speaking to Mary, not a word is being squandered for her life. And every time you sit under the instruction of the word of God, not a word is being wasted. You see, all of them matter. All of them are important. Now, if like subtitles, if you were able to read my thoughts as someone was transcribing them, like with the speed of a, of a court stenographer, and as I walked around in silence, you were able to read the subtitles of my thoughts. 
what would they reveal? What would they reveal about you? If we could read your subtitles, what would they say? You see, in the story of Jesus, the subtitles are the genealogies and, and, and they're in the subtext, they're in the background, but they're telling us why Mary gets chosen. And a lot of people always wondered, why Mary? Oh, it's just a grace. It's just a favor. It's not just that. It's because she too is in direct line to the house of David. She too has a right to the throne. She too is able to give a physical link and not just an adopted one. And I want you to think about that because Jesus is our kinsman redeemer through the genealogy of Joseph. Because he gets adopted, everyone that believes in Jesus gets adopted with him. And now everything that Jesus owns, everything that he has, everything that he is, he's able to impart that to us. He becomes our redeemer because he is our kinsman redeemer. And the kinsman redeemer was someone who was able to continue the line and the lineage even though there was no one to continue it. And what God is saying is that I am continuing my lineage, not just through Jesus. I am continuing my lineage through you. You are my lineage. You have the blessing that no one else can have unless you allow me to adopt you. Anybody here want to be adopted by Jesus? Adopted into that lineage? Oh, Lord, take me. Thank you for choosing me. Thank you for putting your favor on us. Thank you for choosing us and to adopt us and to redeem us. Thank you that you've done that. I think we can all agree with this statement. Fear is the thief of joy. You agree with that? Fear is the thief of joy. And I would say that the next step in, in the application of this is that Living in fear steals our joy. And, and if living in fear steals our joy, I ask you, where is it that your fear is overtaking you right now? What is the thing that you are fearing the most? What is the thing that is just stealing your joy over and over and over again? Now, I want you to take some time to think about this because it's going to take some mental tenacity on your part to not only identify this, but also to know that this is not how your life is going to continue to be controlled. See, the moment that you identify what that fear is, you're going to turn that over to the Lord and you're going to say, I am not going to fear this anymore. I'm going to put my faith in you because I have something that is greater than my fear. I have your favor. And so in the moment that you're in, you have to think about what are your gateways? What are the ways that this fear just keeps coming in? And you'll realize that it's the same fear, but it keeps revealing itself a little differently every time because it finds another entry point into your life. But it's always the same thing. And you'll notice that if, if you don't tackle this fear 
with favor, that fear will continue to find new gateways into your mind, into your heart, into your life. And instead of living with favor, you're gonna just keep living with fear. And so God says, I want you to live a different life. I, I want you to live a life that is joyful. I wanna give you a present this Christmas that is going to rival all others. I'm gonna give you the present of favor so that you can overtake this fear that is in your life. And so here are some of the ways that you can shift from this earthly mindset and focus to a heavenly one instead. And let's keep in mind that, that Mary was just living her earthly life, just going about her daily business. And then God shows up and speaks to her through an angel and this angel reveals the plan of God that she did not sign up for. Did you ever get pulled into something you didn't get signed up for? Yeah, that's called family. Anybody else have one of those? <laughs> right? <laughs> but, but sometimes that happens with friends too. And then we make like hard decisions at times. And we say, listen, I'm not going to get pulled into this. And, and we sometimes sever relationships and ties with, with coworkers and friends and acquaintances and, and, and sometimes just with companies and, and, and even universities or colleges or, or just like institutions, just because we realize that we're not gonna get pulled into something that we don't want to be a part of. Isn't that true? But we can't always do that with family, right? With family, it's always a little bit more complicated. And, and what, what happens is that God is now telling Mary what her family is going to look like. And the thing is that this is not how she envisioned her family to start off. She didn't envision that she would have a child when she still was just promised to a guy named Joseph. This is not how she envisioned her life. And so it's important that we all understand our origin story. And, and I think that if, if I didn't understand my origin story, if I didn't understand how I came to be, how my mom and my dad got together, how I was born and how I ended up in this country instead of another, and all the things that ensued and happened after that, if I didn't understand the things that my mom went through or my dad went through, if I didn't understand my origin story, here's what I know. I would still be living in fear instead of God's favor. Because understanding our origin story, what it does is that it puts us in a position to bring the, that which we know. There are things that we'll never know, but that which we know that cause fear in our lives, it gives us the opportunity to bring those things before the Lord and say, God, I don't want this to be the measure by which I live my life. I don't want this to be what keeps allowing fear to come into my life. I don't want this to limit my favor in this life. I want to live by faith and not by fear. And I need you to help me to understand it. And so what the angel does is that he reminds Mary that she is favored by God, that, he, that she has his favor, but that she is also a descendant of royalty. Now think about that for a moment because right now, I don't know about you, 
But none of us really feel like we're descendants of royalty. I, I, I did some research on my last name and it turns out that the only De La Frestas in the world are my family, there are no others. It's, it's, it's that unique of a last name. And it turns out that it, it kind of shows up in France and it turns up in Spain and it turns up in Italy. And in Tuscany in particular, there's like a coat of arms, there's uh, a name that goes back to recorded history, at least in the early 15th century. And I want to know who squandered the family wealth. That's what I'm concerned about. <laughs> Anybody else? No, just me. <laughs> All I have is a name that's noble <laughs> and no wealth to go with it, apparently. No land, no titles, just, just a history of that. And I think about that and I say, what does it look like now for me to remake that name? To live a name that is the favor and the source of joy, not just for my family, but for others. And what God does is that he comes into our life and he says, I want you to be aware that fear is what steals your joy. Fear is what steals your joy. Fear is what does this every single time, but then it is favor that is also the source of your joy. And, and that changed everything for me. You see, the moment I understood that I am a descendant of royalty, it doesn't matter what my name is. What matters is what my favor is. You see, your favor on you already makes you a descendant of royalty. You have been chosen by God. So I don't know about you, but instead of being afraid of things and afraid of the future, afraid of the origins and afraid of the past, afraid of all the things that have found gateways into your mind and heart and life, what if you turned that fear into favor and started to look at it from the standpoint of what it looks like to be a son and daughter adopted by a God who has given you favor? That every time you have fear, you say to yourself, I will not be afraid. I will not fear because I have the favor of God on my life. Every time you become afraid of the present and the future, every time you are reminded and made fearful of the past, you turn to that and you say, I will not be fearful because I am favored by God. You see, there were three things that the angel reveals. And I want you to put your faith not in the angel Gabriel. I want you to put your faith in God who sends the angel. The angel is a messenger. And the messenger just reveals what God wants the angel to reveal. Because it's what is essential for Mary to have the breakthrough that she needs in her life. Anybody else ready for a breakthrough? Because you see, the breakthrough that Mary experiences in this story are essential for us to have our own breakthrough. Because the three things that the angel reveals help us to win the battle in our mind. So we stop being fearful and we start living a life of favor. The first thing is that you're favored. The Lord is with you. That's what Gabriel opens with. That's the first thing he says to her. 
I would have thought that he would have gone into an explanation of, you know, something else that would have helped her understand what it took for her to not be fearful. But the explanation only comes later. The first thing the angel does is he reveals the fact. He doesn't speak to the fear. Can we say amen to that? Come on, think about that for a second. He reveals the fact and doesn't speak to the fear. See, when I'm afraid and when my wife is fearful, she's like, I want you to listen to me. I need you to hear me. I need you to listen to what I'm fearful about. And I do it. I last 30 seconds maybe. <laughs> Sometimes it feels longer. It's probably shorter. Because often, even when we're fearful, we, we understand it doesn't come from a place that necessarily makes sense, but it's, it comes from a place that is nonetheless necessary to speak about, right? And, and I love that the angel doesn't silence Mary about her fears and her concerns. She was disturbed and confused. It was all okay. Everything was fine. But the first thing Mary needed to hear was that she was favored and that God was with her. Listen to me. I know it's easy for me to say this and another thing for us to believe it. I don't know how many times you're gonna have to tell yourself when fear shows up in your life that you are favored and that God is with you, but you're gonna need to speak to that fear every single time with these words. Can you do that? Can you do that in your life? That every time something starts to happen physically, every time something starts to happen financially, every time something starts to happen relationally, every time you start to feel a little broken emotionally, every time when things are not going right, when things are bad, when things are getting worse, when you're hearing bad news, when things are not looking good, whether it be in our country or around the world, can you do something and speak to that fear and say this instead? I am favored and God is with me. You see, every time you do that, you are putting into practice what God revealed needed to be done to win the battle in our mind and in our heart and in our life through the angel. The second thing is that you need to surrender to the truth of favor and you need to cast out that fear. The Bible tells us that we are surrendering to fear every time we allow it to take root. And that fear doesn't get any weaker, it just keeps getting stronger. It takes an even more powerful position in our lives. It becomes so that it becomes a weapon in the hands of the enemy and the enemy keeps coming at us, he never takes a break. And he's using the warfare of our own mind against us. The very things that we are concerned about, the very things that we are disturbed by, the very things that we are sometimes even paralyzed by, those are the things that he keeps coming at us with. And instead of us casting those things out with favor, we're allowing them to take even deeper roots because of our fear. 
that God is asking you to not let it take root into your life anymore. And I believe that there's a place where that's happening because with Mary, we could see that she was disturbed and confused and she started thinking about it. How is this going to come to pass? And she thought about all the ways that her life was gonna be disrupted, of how she was gonna be ostracized. She knew what happened to women who got pregnant in her society who were not married. This wasn't just a threat of divorce, this was a threat of death. It was far worse than anything and any shame that she could have brought on her family. And it was something that in those days was just not something that was looked over. Just like in a lot of societies today, this still is true and dangerous for many. And I want you to imagine that in this moment, as all of this is happening, she's saying, what kind of a crazy dumb plan is this? Like, this is not how I envisioned my life to go. Well, I don't want this. This is not the path that I saw for myself. These are not the steps that everyone else in my village has taken. This is not how everyone who preceded me did it. Why is what I have to do be so radically different? And in the moment in which she could have kept resisting this and kept being fearful of it, the angel reminds her that she is favored. But more importantly, Mary remembers that she is a servant of the Lord. You see, Mary does something that many of us don't do. See, I want to surrender to the truth of favor and I want to cast out fear. But the only way that that's going to happen if I surrender to the plan of God. If I trust him even when it doesn't make sense, even when I'm disturbed and confused, even when the answer comes and the answer isn't good enough. Have you ever gotten an answer, a half answer, a quarter an answer, a little bit of an answer, some kind of insight, and it wasn't sufficient enough to ease your fears? Yes, all the time, right? That, that's how it always happens. I never get enough for the fear to be taken away completely, ever. I never have enough assurance in my life for the fear to be taken away. That's why it's fear. Because there is nothing tangible, physical, nothing in even what I can see in the spiritual that can take away my fear. That's why it requires me to trust and surrender. And that is what is going to cast out the fear. I'm gonna trust the favor of God and I'm gonna let the favor of God cast out all the fear. And I'm gonna cast it out by believing that even if I don't understand the plan, and even if this is not how I envision the plan to go, I'm gonna trust God because the favor of God is still not lifted off of your life or mine. The favor of God remains even when we are confused. That's why it was the first thing that the angel said. Here's the last thing. We need to trust in the greatness of God to give great gifts. So what the angel does to Mary to help her, when she says, how is this gonna happen? The Holy Spirit's gonna overshadow me. I'm gonna get pregnant. I'm gonna have a kid. I got, thanks for telling me I gotta call him Jesus. I wish I had an option there, but okay. I'll do it too. Cool, that'll be his name. But as she's doing all this, 
the angel knows that it's not enough. And so the angel does something. It goes on to explain how Elizabeth, who everyone said could never have a kid, is six months pregnant. And this is the first time that she hears about it. She didn't hear it from Elizabeth, she hears it from the angel. And I want you to understand that I hear things from God in my life that speak to my fears from the words of the Bible, from the stories of others who have received great gifts. And those great gifts are enough for me to believe in the greatness of God to give me great gifts too. Because in the same way that the favor of God was on them, the favor of God is on us. You see, it's on you. You see, the stories of others and the greatness of God in those stories is the greatness of God that I need to overcome the fear. And what the angel does is that he shows her, here's an example of how great God is. And it's happening in your own family. Elizabeth is your cousin. John is going to be born and he's going to announce the coming of the Messiah. That is John the Baptist, the one who will baptize people in repentance, getting them ready for the coming of the Messiah. All these things are going to happen and they're going to happen because God not only did a miracle in Elizabeth and Zachariah's life, but he's going to do a miracle in yours. See, sometimes I look at my life and I'm saying, God, where is my miracle? And then I know because God is a God of miracles and he has performed miracles for others. Because God is a God who tells me I have his favor, I can believe and trust that God has his favor on my life just like he has favor on yours. And he is going to give you the miraculous. He's going to give you the gift. So don't do these things. Don't focus on your fear, but focus on your faith. The little bit of faith that you have, I want you to do that. Focus on that. It may not be measurable to someone else's. Maybe someone else's faith is greater. God doesn't care about that. God wants you to exercise your own faith in your belief in the favor that God is on your life. Don't focus on your worth because Mary was wondering about her worth and was fearful of her worth and what people would say about her worth. Instead, focus on your favor. Don't focus on what's not in place. She was telling the angel how she was only engaged. She was telling the angel, how this was going to be a challenge, how this was going to be dangerous. And there were a lot of things that were not in place. So what do we have to do when things are not in place? We put our faith not in that which is not in place, but what is the promise instead. And then the last thing is don't focus on what hasn't happened yet, because that's what we always do. And that's what fuels the fear. It hasn't happened yet. I've been waiting. This year is almost over and it still hasn't happened yet. Another year is going to go by and it hasn't happened yet. And when we do that, 
we forget that when we do that, we let fear grow. But God says, I want you to focus on what God has already done for others, even before he's done it for you. Even before he's done it for you, focus on what God has done for others. Focus on how God has already come through. Focus on the examples of his favor in the lives of others. And know that your turn is coming next. Can we say amen to that? Your turn is coming next. All we got to do is cast out that fear and let the favor grow. Let it expand. Let it take over. Are we ready to kick out the fear? (laughs) Are we ready to see that end? Leave us. Be gone from us. Disappear from our lives once and for all. And so let's pray together. I want to ask that you would stand with me as we would just close in a word of prayer. Lord, I want to thank you for every person that is here and for the way that you're speaking to each of us about the favor that you have already put upon our lives and the steps that you're encouraging us to take today as we looked at the life of Mary and the story and her interaction with your angel. The insights that you gave her are the insights we need to be victorious in our own life. And I pray that today we would understand that we are not only of the house of David, we are of the lineage of David, that we are royalty, that we are kings and queens, and that you have made us that in your kingdom, that you have given us that royal lineage of favor. It is upon us right now. And you are selecting us, choosing us every day, even when we feel like we're not chosen even when we envision and imagine that we're just not favored. That is a lie that we will no longer believe because today we have understood that we are favored by you, that your favor is upon us. Your favor is upon each person here today. It's on them. You love them and you want to give them great gifts just like you did to Mary. You gave her the gift of a savior and that gift is a gift that keeps being a blessing to each and every one of us today. That savior continues to save us day in and day out. And that favor that was on her life is on ours now because we've been adopted into this family. Lord, I thank you that today is a day in which we can ask you for the strength to cast out all fear. That we can do this in the name of the Holy Spirit. That we can take on a sound mind through your scriptures and not allow our lives to be governed by fear anymore but instead to be governed by favor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only he can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening and God bless you immensely.